Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast. As always, I am your host, Kurt Stubbs. Hope everybody has turned the page here into August. Um, I did want to start today with uh, the uh, tragedy that uh, took place over the weekend, uh, not only in Dayton, Ohio, uh, right in our backyard, but also uh, in El Paso, Texas. Um, you know, as, as a man of faith, um, thinking a lot about this and just reading people's comments and listening to people talk and uh, watching some of the television coverage or whatever it may be, uh, you know, I think this is a time to be uh, very sensitive to those that have been affected by this in real ways, uh, but to, to be supportive any way we can. Uh, this isn't a time to push our narrative, whatever that is, or our agenda, whatever that is, or point fingers. Real human beings lost lives here, and uh, real families have been forever changed. This is a time to, uh, to love and to mourn and to pray for all those directly impacted. Uh, this is a time to, to pray for our country and unite, uh, not separate with our agendas. Uh, The enemy wants to put a wedge between human beings. Don't fall into this trap. Uh, Be loved today. Um, Opinions, they never change anything, Uh, but love and intentionality does. So uh, remember today that it's not I and me, but it is us and we. Uh, So El Paso, Texas, uh, Dayton, Ohio, and and those... uh, all around the country that have been directly affected by this. We, we do um, hope to support you any way we can, and uh, we're praying for you, and just this senseless, uh, tragic event. Um, but uh, on a lesser note, uh, what we do talk about here is, uh, is basketball, uh, so we're going to do that. Uh, this fails in comparison to that, but... Uh, we do have the uh, the Carmen crew, uh, which is uh, a lot of Ohio State Buckeye alumni, along with uh, Jeff Gibbs, uh, who led Otterbein to the 2002 National Championship. Uh, I think he's about 38 or 39 years old, and he's helping this Carmen crew out. Coached by Jared Sollinger and Dallas Lauderdale, they will be playing for $2 million uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, uh, in hopes of winning this TBT. They knocked off... Uh, the defending champs overseas elite yesterday afternoon. So congratulations to those guys. Um, and the cool thing about that team is, is it's not just, uh, you know, a bunch of guys. It's it's a bunch of guys that played together, but a lot of likable guys, just good guys that uh, played the game the right way, play extremely hard, uh, defend, and like I said, just uh, a lot of high IQ guys on that team. So good luck to those guys on Tuesday night. Uh, high school basketball, uh, kind of, um, uh, I don't want to say a dead period, but uh, kind of a slow month. Uh, guys getting in the gym, working on their game. But, you know, I hope uh, I hope a lot of these guys and, and kids that uh, listen to this show, that you're taking some time off to, to, to be a kid, uh, whatever that may be, whatever that looks like for you, and just to kind of rejuvenate yourself and um, – let your body heal a little bit. Uh, that team no days off crap. Um, don't buy into that. 
you're young. Your body needs rest. Uh, don't overdo it. Get yourself recharged and ready to go for the season uh, that will be here before you know it. Also, uh, one last thing I wanted to, to mention before I talk about the, uh, the coach that we're going to bring on today. Uh, and it's uh, the thing that drew a lot of buzz over the last week was the LeBron James uh, thing at his son's uh, travel basketball game, Bronny's travel basketball game. And, you know, we live in an era or, or a society, especially with social media, where people are pretty much offended by everything. But the question I'm asking is, are you like really offended? Like, do you really uh, get upset when you get off your social media? Does this carry on with you throughout the day that you're really, really upset about this? Um, because I guess I'm, uh, I'm going to talk about be- being being offended by people that are being offended. Um, and it's okay to be offended if it's something that really, really matters, like you know, something that's going to bring a positive to our society, uh, whether you're very offended by the way that uh, people are treated in other countries or um, the way that uh, kids uh, are without water, clean water or food, um, people are homeless if you're offended by that. You know, those are those are things to be offended by, not a... Uh, not only an NBA superstar, but a, but a dad, a father. Um, and, and I think I look at it this way. People would be upset um, if he wasn't in this kid's life, uh, which if you know the, the story about LeBron James, his father was not in his life. But, but now you're offended because he is in the kid's life. Um, and at the end of the day, man, the, the guy is having fun. Uh, the cameras are always going to be around him. Uh, he knows that, you know that, everybody knows that. Um, and who the heck cares if he's in the warm-up line with his, uh, with his son's team? Uh, those kids will, <laughs> will be talking about that for the rest of their life because the majority of those guys will, will not go on uh, to play in the NBA. Uh, a lot of those guys may have, may have overseas career or play, play in college for sure. Um, but those are things that are going to last a lifetime for those kids and especially, uh, the other team as well. Uh, so if LeBron gets excited because his kid gets a dunk, who cares? Uh, you know, he's there, he's, uh, he's active, he's engaged, he's being a father and, uh, you know, who are we to judge, um, uh, how he acts at a, a game? I mean, he's not hurting anyone. Uh, he, again, he's being a dad. Uh, and I love to see that he's involved and uh, engaged, and not only with his son, but the, the rest of the guys on the team. I had Coach Cups on here a couple months ago, and he was talking about how great it was uh, having LeBron around and uh, how much he uh, uh, talks to Gabe and, and gives him advice and things like that. So um, I, I just, the, the, you know, being offended by that is just, I mean, are you really offended? Um, but you know what? We all have our flaws. Uh, LeBron is arguably one of the greatest players. Not arguably, he is one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, So anyway, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. I know people have different stances on that, but I don't really have any problem with it. And uh, I I get uh, a lot of enjoyment out of seeing 
dads. He's not uh, he's not trying to fight refs and and do crazy stuff like that. He's just excited, and he's always been like that. So uh, keep doing what you're doing, big fella. Um, I know a lot of a lot of young guys will will benefit from from your knowledge of the game of basketball. Uh, but with that being said, uh, let's talk about our guest that will be coming on today. This man um, is is one of the all time greats in the state of Ohio. Uh, I I kind of think that his coaching career in Ohio. Uh, I wish it would have lasted a little bit longer, but he did end up getting into the college game at the University of uh, at Ashland University. Uh, but uh, this gentleman won two state titles uh, with the Lexington Minutemen up there in the Mansfield area. Uh, took some time off, uh, and he tells you, and he will tell us why he did that uh, before resurfacing at Mansfield Senior High School, uh, where he just had some incredible success there. Uh, took the Tigers, that's T-Y-G-E-R-S, Tigers, uh, to the state tournament on two occasions uh, before his tenure there ended. But uh, again, this guy is one of the best coaches uh, to ever do it in the state of Ohio. So it brings us great pleasure, uh, as always, uh, to bring on another fantastic basketball coach, Mr. Greg Collins. Uh, we're here with Coach Greg Collins, uh, one of the elite coaches um, in Ohio high school basketball history. Uh, I have him unofficially at 367 wins, the 99 losses, 79%, um, and then uh, 58 and 17 in the uh, tournament there at 77%. And he got um, before, were you anywhere before Lexington, Coach? Not as a head coach. No, no. I was an assistant down in uh, the Columbus area, but uh, oh. Lex was my first head coaching job. Okay. Uh, so you take over Lex at the start of the 85-86 season. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. So in your, so in your second year there at uh, Lexington, so the 1986-87 season, uh, you have three pretty good sophomores that come along. Yes. Uh, and actually, we played, I think, four that season, but three of them that were starters that uh, uh, ended up having to be three of the better players uh, to come out of the Lexington basketball. They were just great kids. They were great skilled players, and uh, they were willing to uh, share the basketball. It was interesting because from their 10th, 11th, and 12th grade year, each one was a leading scorer a different year. And you don't find that very often. So just judging off your record, you guys end up making a deep run there to the regionals before bowing out to uh, Brookhaven and the regional semis. This, uh, and this was when uh, there was three classes in, um, in Ohio high school basketball. Correct. And you, and you, you guys were class three, a, which was the biggest at the time. So you guys end up 14 and 12 that year. Obviously, I'm sure there were some growing pains along the way. Right. Uh, uh, finishing the season 9 and 11. Uh, we were independent uh, my first uh, two, maybe three years at Lexington. So we were never playing for a conference tournament. We were never playing 
Uh, well, we did have some rivals, obviously, in the in the Mansfield Lexington area uh, that that were important to us. But tournament was obviously the most important. When you're an independent and you want to play for championships, the first one you can play for is a a sectional championship, and uh, uh, that's where we really started to play our best basketball. Obviously, playing with some young kids, uh, it took a while to mature, to develop, and. Uh, uh, they came along in the tournament and just played extremely well. Do you remember anything about that uh, game against Brookhaven there in the, uh, in the regionals? Well, I remember they were a very talented basketball team, very athletic basketball team. Uh, obviously, one of our rivals here at Lexington was Mansfield Senior, and they were a very athletic basketball team. And uh, Brookhaven reminded us a great deal of Mansfield Senior, except being a little bit bigger at most of the positions at that time. We played, I thought, a pretty good basketball game for the most part uh, for our kids being at Toledo. Um, but Brookhaven was just a little bit too much for us that night. And I think if we had played 10 times, you know, we hopefully we could have gotten maybe one or two. They were a better basketball team that year, no question. So 87-88, you guys finish 17-5 and five, uh, when those guys become juniors. Can you tell me a little bit about that season? Well, it was uh, a season where we progressed. Uh, we got better and better as the season went on. Uh, had some big wins, uh, playing pretty good basketball. Uh, unfortunately, as, uh, as a coach, and I think a lot of us do this, we, we think about the, uh, the low points of, of a season when it's uh, – 20, 30 years in the past. And the, the one thing I can remember is a district tournament game. And, and uh, it was the first year of the three-point line. And we uh, went to the free throw line uh, with, I believe, it was a tie game uh, with maybe a second, two seconds left in the game in the district semifinals, I believe. We made the first free throw. And we made the second free throw. They take the ball out of bounds, shoot a half-court shot, hit a three, win the basketball game. And I learned a lesson that night that, uh, you know, hey, you, you had a one-point lead. The only shot the opposition was going to get was going to be a three. So there was no need to make that second free throw. They were out of timeouts, uh, miss the free throw and make life a little bit more difficult. Um, but it was a lesson that uh, – you know, I learned that night, and uh, unfortunately, our kids had to suffer uh, with a tough, tough loss. Who who beat you that year, Coach? That was Bellevue. Bellevue, okay. Which um, now would they later become what? What conference did they end up going into? They played in the NOL. That's um, that's right. They were a good basketball team that year, but ironically. They got beat two nights later on a half-court shot by Mansfield Malabar. Wow. So, <laughs> Who no longer is in existence. Well, exactly. So 80, 88 ends. Uh, you guys, I think, finished about 17-5 and five that season. Um, you come into the 88-89 season. What were the expectations for this team? Obviously very, very high. Um, you know, I think – the community, the players, uh, myself, we knew we could have been better uh, the year before in 88. Uh, and now we have a chance to, and our last chance for these seniors to, to, to prove how good they are. We had 
not just three key players that uh, turned out to be three 1,000-point scorers, but we had complementary players that were outstanding at, at playing within themselves, playing their roles. And uh, this was a team that played good defense, uh, could shoot the basketball, and obviously when you have three 1,000-point scorers, you have three, uh, three weapons that's uh, very, very difficult to defend. But uh, expectations were high, and uh, the, probably the biggest uh, uh, concern that we had as coaching staff was uh, handling those expectations. So getting the kids to be focused about what they can handle one game at a time. Uh, the, the, we were in a conference at this time, uh, worried about the conference and not concern ourselves about tournament. Uh, until the tournament comes about was something that I think our players did a great job handling. So what was the, what was the, the following like for Lexington um, in that area or in that era? Oh, it was, it was outstanding. And actually, you know, all four years it was, it was very, very good. And it just got better and better to where uh, we were playing in, in, in sellouts. We have a pretty good sized gym also. Um, but, uh, what people forget is in our area, Willard was the number one ranked team in the state for, for much of the year. Um, a team that did end up beating us during the regular season. Um, so when it came to Willard, it came to Lexington, you just talked about big crowds when it came to conference games between Lex and, uh, Mansfield senior, uh, Mansfield Malabar, it was just big, big crowds and, uh, that's what people were talking about. Now, was Willard D2 or D3? They were uh, D2. They were D2. And yes. who eventually, because uh, I'm assuming that, that was your only loss that season, correct? Correct. That was a regular season loss at Willard, yes. Who, who ended up beating Willard? <sighs> if I remember correctly, it might have been Vermilion. Okay. Or a Fuss. I tell you the truth. It's been so long, I forget. I know they were in a different sectional than we were. Uh, so we would have uh, played each other, I believe, that year in, in, in a district semi or district finals. Uh, but they got upset uh, prior to that. And I know we played Norwalk in the district, so maybe it was Norwalk that upset them, which would have been a conference game for them. So you guys get to the regional that year, uh, the Columbus Regional, and you beat uh, Watkins Memorial 78-55, and then uh, Rossford in the regional final 85-72. Uh, Was there anything, anything noteworthy about your, your regional appearance that year? Well, I, I do remember playing Watkins Memorial, and I believe after three quarters or at least some, maybe it was halftime, it was a tie game very close game where, you know, could have gone maybe either way. And our players just came out and played an exceptional third and, and certainly a fourth quarter and uh, shot the ball extremely well, uh, defended extremely well and, and, uh, and, and came up with what a, a final score that is not indicative of how close the game was from the beginning. Um, I can tell you in the regional finals playing a Rossford team that had, uh, uh, the Durdens on the team, I believe they were cousins, um, who ended up having great careers at, at University of Cincinnati. They were an outstanding basketball team, very athletic. Um, we defended them 
very well for what I thought we could defend them. I mean, they were very athletic, very skilled players. I believe the coach's son, Heck, who ended up playing maybe at Wichita State, was a point guard. Um, they were a tough team to defend, but that was a game where we uh, offensively uh, shot the ball extremely well. And again, I think put it away in the fourth quarter, a much closer game than what uh, uh, the final score indicated. So you guys uh, end up advancing to uh, St. John Arena, and uh, you get uh, a very, very tough team to play against. Uh, Dayton Chaminade Julian under uh, recently retired head coach Joe Staley. Right. Um, and this was a this was a dogfight here. You guys did take the lead into halftime, but you were trailing by two uh, heading into the fourth quarter of this contest before narrowly escaping with a 57-55 victory over those guys. Um, Don Rastilli had a huge fourth quarter for you guys in that game. Yes, he did. And uh, uh, Donnie, maybe in game 16, 17 in the regular season, broke his nose, uh, had surgery, missed uh, two or three games, um, and we were playing very well. Uh, even when Donnie went out. So Donnie was coming off the bench for us at that time, and that's pretty good to have a 1,000-point score to be able to come off the bench. But uh, he's a guy that came in, and in the fourth quarter, I remember running a couple of sets uh, where Donnie got some open threes. I believe we were down four or five points maybe at one time. Uh, Donnie hit a couple of threes to put us right back into the game and then drove uh, late in the game, got fouled, and hit a couple of big free throws that – was the difference? So he ends up uh, he ends up with sixteen in that game, and fourteen in the, in the fourth quarter hits the two free throws there. Uh, and you you will have a date with CJ, uh, and we'll talk about that in a couple years. You'll have another date with them, right? Uh, in in an even more meaningful game. Uh, <laughs> but you you get to um, the championship game and. Um, you would have to take me back and set it up for me, but you're playing uh, a West Jaga team, Cliff Hunt's team, uh, that was 26-0 and coming into this game, ranked number one in the state. Uh, they had just beat Dover 84-55, so they didn't have any type of uh, game that you did in the semis. Uh, they were beating their opponents by 33 points a game, um, and they had beaten D1 uh, finalist Cleveland St. Joe's that year in the regular season by about 17. So what was the, what was the buildup to this game? I mean, I know in, in Division I, uh, there's not a whole lot of – or Division Two sometimes there's not a whole lot of turnaround. Did you play your semis on Thursday night that year? I believe – I believe – I'm almost positive. We played uh, early Thursday. Um, so we were either, if not the 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock game around the one or two o'clock, I think we might've been the second game. So I think we were early afternoon because one thing we decided as a team or as coaches, uh, we told the players and we told them early on, um, you know, we're, we're only going to talk right now about whether we win or lose, what our itinerary is going to be. If we do win, we are going to come home. You know, we're only an hour from St. John Arena from Ohio State campus. We're going to come home. We're going to practice here at Lexington. We're going to sleep in our own beds. And uh, 
and, and prepare for Saturday's basketball game. So we had a lot of time after a Thursday afternoon semifinal, I believe it was, early Thursday afternoon, uh, to come home and, and prepare for uh, Saturday's game. So what was the uh, the hoopla around this game? You guys come in with one loss, and they come in undefeated number one in the state, which, you know, the AP poll back then um, was was the thing. Uh, maybe not as many media outlets and internet right. back then. Right. So what was the hype around this game? Was this, was this a game that uh, you guys kind of felt like an underdog coming into this game? Well, I, I think, you know, when you talk about, uh, uh, our fans, uh, you know, who probably didn't see them play. And again, without the media that there is now, um, maybe didn't know how good uh, West Yaga was at that time. Uh, maybe they were a lot more confident than, than, than maybe our players were at first. I know our players, we watched, I believe it was a half of that first game uh, before we got ready for our uh, basketball game. And you can see how good West Yaga was. But I think our players understood, and certainly as coaches, we tried to explain to them uh, what West Yaga does so well, their full court pressure, is something that we see quite a bit in our conference with Mansfield Senior, with Mansfield Malabar, and with some of the teams we played non-league. Players that that we see in our regular season that are very, very athletic. Now, West Yaga was very skilled. Um, And with you know, when you go the entire season and win 25, 26 basketball games, certainly you're confident yourself. I don't think there's any question come uh, Friday afternoon, Saturday morning, that our players were confident that uh, uh, they could handle the situation. My only concern was early in the basketball game, if things were going rough for us, uh, could we handle it? And uh, we did. Things did go a little rough at the very beginning, but our players did a great job of, of, of handling the situation. And, and this is a game that um, West Yaga, I'm sure, uh, would like to soon forget. Uh, you absolutely blitzed them in the second and fourth quarter. Uh, you scored 33 points uh, in the fourth quarter. You end up winning this game 89-57. You shot... Um, I want to say 58, 59% from the floor uh, held them to under 31%. Uh, and this was a really good uh, West G team with uh, Shane Rominski, who went on, mm-hmm. I think, to think to play at Bowling Green. Uh, right. They also had Quinlan right. on that team. Uh, but you guys really, uh, I think you made, what, 14 shots in a row at one point in this game, and you made all 11 in the second quarter. Exactly. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that's impressive. That, that is. Now, uh, let's go back. Uh, they were pressuring us the entire time, and uh, we broke pressure, and, and, and I'd like to say we were hitting, knocking down threes and jumpers, and we knocked down maybe, I don't know if we knocked down any threes, but we were breaking their pressure and getting layups, and that just gave our kids more confidence, and I think maybe they pressed. You know, we, we, we heard that they were never behind at the end of any quarter during the regular season. Well, when we knocked down a shot at the end of the first quarter and, and had a lead, our players felt like we could play, that we could, uh, uh, we, could, we could dominate this game. Now, 
with that being said, I don't know if I want to say dominate, but we could certainly play and we could be successful offensively. Uh, with that being said, uh, in breaking their pressure, we went to the free throw line a great deal, and we were able to convert at the free throw line that really separated us from uh, West G. And when you say went to the free throw line, you're underselling that. You went to the free <laughs> throw line 52 times in this game and made 40 of those. Um, your big three uh, ends up with 66 of those 89 points. Tom Shule was 15 of 16 in the state tournament, uh, 10 of 10 in the finals with 34 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, he was a 1,000-point scorer. Uh, Jeff Hepner also had a real nice game with 14 in that, and uh, Rastilli had 18. So Rastilli had a really good state tournament that year. Uh, and you guys come away with the 89-57 win. What was it like? Because uh, n- nothing compares to the first one. What was it like when, I mean, I know you probably had the sense that you were going to win this thing in the fourth quarter, but uh, as a coach, <laughs> when until right. that clock hits zero, it's, it's you know, there's still a chance. Well, you're, uh, you're exactly right. And when you've never been in that situation, which uh, none of us had, you, you really don't know how to handle it. I know there's a joke among my coaches that uh, uh, said that, uh, you know, when they knew the game was out of reach and, and I'm still coaching, uh, that we probably should have subbed, but they were afraid who's going to ask me, uh, uh, hey, it's time to sub, coach. It's time to put some other guys in the game. Uh, and maybe I left those guys in a little bit longer, but hey, I didn't want to be the guy that lost a big lead in the state final game and have to go home and uh, explain that to all the players' parents and all the people in the community, that's for sure. And some other guys, uh, uh, Mike McGuire and Brian Thompson were uh, your starting guards on that team. Um, and Jason Dials, he had a good mm-hmm. game in the finals, eight points. I think his son was on the uh, 2018 Lexington State semifinal team. Correct, yep. So uh, just a little bit of lineage there uh, from that 89 team. So 89, you guys, what was it like uh, in Lexington uh, coming back with that state championship? Well, obviously it was big. It was uh, uh, the first state championship, and uh, I believe it was any sport at that time. Um, The the community was just so excited. Uh, You know, we're a close-knit community. It's a very good community. All the elementary kids wanted to see these guys. I mean, these players uh, were like professional players to these young kids. They all wanted to be like these guys. They wanted to meet them. They wanted to have autographs from them. Uh, And they were great kids, great players, but also great kids that uh, these younger kids could look up to. Uh, When we have summer camps, we just have hundreds and hundreds of kids there and yeah, it was it was a great time to uh, to be a state champion. Let me tell you. And another member of that team that you guys had, Chris Smith, yes. uh, was an underclassman, and he came back for you guys, kind of in that in that crossover year between the two state championships, and he ends up being uh, all Ohio the next year in '90 um, when you guys because he came off the bench. Uh, for your 89 state championship team and um, played really well off the bench, uh, especially you had some of your uh, big guys got in foul trouble there in the regional finals against Rossford. And uh, he came in and helped out quite a bit. Chris is a, was an outstanding athlete. He was a very good track athlete and 
Uh, he's someone who could shoot the basketball, and he's six three, six four, and he could handle the basketball a little bit. And what a luxury to have a guy coming off the bench. Um, he was willing to accept his role of coming off the bench, being a junior, playing with a uh, dominant uh, senior players in front of him, and uh, and just doing what he what he could to help the team win. And when we needed him to score. He was able to come through and, and, and score the basketball for us. There was another guy I wanted to ask you about. I was reading uh, one of uh, – and, and I got some good info from uh, John Spencer, who covers oh, yeah. uh, basketball there in the, for the Mansfield News Journal. Uh, he, was, he had an article. I wanted to ask you about this character, uh, Chris Hahn. <laughs> who, who, who was on this uh, 89 team and uh, it was something about uh, horror films and he ended up having some sort of pro wrestling background later right. on in life and he's still a, a personal trainer here in our area okay I see him about every day but uh, Chris Hahn was uh, certainly was a very good football player um, friends to all the kids was, was limited in basketball, came from a great family would just, you know, when he got in the game, he would do what he could to, to help the team. Uh, obviously a very confident, uh, young man that, uh, knew what he wanted to do after high school. And that was not go to college. He just wanted to go into professional wrestling and, and acting, which, uh, uh, he's still into the acting part of it. Uh, and I can remember in the state final game and, uh, the closing minutes, our cheering section start yelling, we want Han, we want Han. <laughs> the, the, everybody in the school loved uh, Chris Han, and uh, it's hard to this day not to love Chris Han. Just a, just a great kid. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I, I, was, I was laughing when I was reading that. Art. Every, every uh, championship team needs a guy like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, he kept things loose, let me tell you. so you uh, a season goes by and then we we come to the 90 91 season and a a young fella uh over the course of the time uh was coming along for you guys but but before i get into uh him i wanted to take you back to a story i was reading this uh in one of spencer's articles and one of your assistant coaches uh was talking about uh uh, Matt Schuler and Buck Morton being left off of the uh, state tournament roster uh, in, in 89. And uh, Schuler made the comment that, that, that we'll be back. So he wasn't worried about it. Do you remember that? Well, I can remember when it came time to having the players, we had our JV players uh, in 89 that would practice with us and we would alternate uh, two or three guys uh, who would dress. So everybody get a chance to dress different games. When it came to the state uh, finals, uh, you know, Matt and Bucky had to sit out. Brian Lesh, uh, uh, another sophomore, uh, did get to dress that game, um, if I remember correctly. But I remember <laughs> Brian especially, and, and, and those three were very close, uh, said, hey, you know, don't worry you know, we're going to be back. And that's certainly one thing that the 89 team did. It raised expectations, but it also showed that, you know, through hard work, you have, you have the chance to be pretty good basketball players. And those guys, uh, you know, they did work at it for sure. So the, the 90, 91 season comes around. And uh, by this time, 
you have a stud and uh, right. Jamie Fike. Um, so to, to all my, my younger listeners out there, now Jamie played on the freshman team, correct? Yes. Which okay. would be absolutely, I mean, unheard of for some of these guys to want to do that uh, nowadays. Well, and, and Jamie was not as developed as right, he certainly right. was as a senior year. Um, uh, he was probably not as focused back then as he became. I know that he lived in a neighborhood with Mike McGuire. We talked about Mike McGuire being a point guard, a senior on the 89 team. I know Mike, even though Jamie was a few years younger, took him under his wing and talked to him about being dedicated, putting in the time, uh, working hard. Uh, And I think that started. And then the entire community just picked up on Jamie and everybody took care of Jamie and he just developed and continued to develop and work hard. And Jamie would, would eventually uh, come back and be the head coach at Lexington for a couple of seasons. He did. Um, I know he has quite a few youngsters. What's he got? Five kids, five, yeah. <laughs> five kids. So uh, I'm sure he's quite busy. Um, but uh, you guys, go through that season with a couple of losses. Who got you that year in the regular season? We lost to uh, Mance. We lost to Willard again, um, just like we did in the 89 season. So the, the running joke was if, if we, if Willard beats us, then we have a chance to win a state championship because it happened in both 89 and 91 and we beat them in the other years. Um, and I believe the second loss was Mansfield senior. So it was a, uh, one was a league game with Mansfield and one was a non-league game with, uh, with Willard. Who, who was coaching Willard at the time? It was Bob Haas. So oh, he, he was, some, he was okay. Yeah. He has some great, great teams. And I believe they were ranked number one going into the tournament that year also. And I forget, I don't know if it was Fostoria, but somebody upset them relatively early. Because he was there when they had the uh, long winning streak back in the late 70s, early 80s. Correct. Yes. Great teams. So a, a, a really, really good basketball area, um, if, if you're not familiar. Uh, so you guys end up with two losses, but uh, you, you come back into the tournament uh, with vengeance again. Um, your regional opponents that year, uh, you beat Copley 79-70 and then Avon Lake 67 48 in the regional final uh and this year and that year you were at toledo right now i can tell you that avon lake our kids were familiar with them uh during the summer we were playing some camp and uh uh, we played avon lake and we were playing without jamie fike though jamie was aau playing somewhere and i remember avon lake really put it to us and i know our kids really felt bad even though it's the summer you know how kids are still competitive and we were still trying to play to win um avon lake really put it to us so i know it was not very difficult to get the kids focused uh after beating copley uh preparing for uh for avon lake and uh, especially having jamie around but the other kids we they, they came out and played extremely well especially being on a big court like uh, university of toledo's so before you, you get to the region that year, tell me about the, the, uh, the opening tournament game there against yes. Galleon because they, they had a pretty good player. Yeah, yeah, I tell you, great kid too. Nate Ranking, who uh, 
right now is the the the, the uh, head coach of uh, uh, the Canton Charge, the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, uh, developmental team. Uh, Nate ended up playing what uh, many years over in uh, I believe at England, playing on the uh, in the Olympics there, and uh, had a great career at Kent State. But Nate Ranking was certainly was the guy in basketball team. They had some other pretty good role players, what I remember, but Nate Ranking was the one skilled basketball player. And I tell you, in the last, uh, I couldn't tell you exactly how it ended, but I can tell you in the last three or four minutes, it could have gone either way. Uh, it was just a matter of uh, could we defend Nate Ranking? Uh, could they uh, get, could we get the ball out of other kids' hands? And, and could we score? And certainly we were, fortunately, we were able to make some plays uh, to come out with a win. Uh, and you're right. It was our first uh, first game of the tournament. And, and that's the, the the beautiful thing about the tournament and something I've always just really enjoyed is, is you know, you see these teams sometimes at the state tournament and, and they just look like they're unbeatable. And then you go back and, and you look and they're like, you know, they narrowly escaped a, a district final game where they, they had to hit a shot at the buzzer to win. And then they, you know, just get rolling for whatever reason and – uh, that that is just the beautiful thing about the tournament. Right. Well, you're right. You're right. And it happens so often, and it can happen to a lot of teams if you're looking ahead. Um, certainly, I've had teams that uh, uh, have maybe looked ahead a little bit and and, and 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 suffered earlier in the tournaments and had difficult games. But this certainly was not one of those with Galleon. They they were an outstanding basketball player. I mean, Nate Ranking. We had Jamie Fike. Uh, we had some other very good basketball players, but they slowed the game down and it was just, it was Nate ranking, you know, either he shot the ball or nobody shot the ball. Uh, we were not a team that could really pressure that much to take the ball away. But fortunately we were able to, uh, uh, again, to make the plays at the end. So you guys do, uh, like I said, end up advancing back to Columbus, uh, and you get, uh, Randy Montgomery's Worcester mm-hmm. Triway team, and he had some, he had some really good teams at Worcester Triway. Yes, and um, so you guys get them in the semifinal, and and as a coach, <laughs> this is this is one of those ones that uh, you know just it, it eats at you when you're when you're in the middle of it. They erase a ten point lead in the final sixty two seconds of this game to to force overtime, and uh, from from the stories I've heard. Your your crowd didn't even see this. Exactly. I, I have had so many people to say they had to come back and watch it on film. And I'm not sure exactly how it is right now down with the state uh, tournament. But at that time in the state semifinals, if your team wins, you as a ticket holder, you could bring your tickets into the uh, side of St. John Arena and you could exchange it for a ticket in the same level. It's not going to be the same seat, you know, the first come first serve, uh, but it'll be the same level. So our people expected that uh, we had the, the game in hand. So they all got up and left and they were in line to get tickets. And uh, I even had our principal at the time say that, uh, you know, asking why they weren't going to sell us the tickets yet. And the guy had to say, well, Hey, you're in overtime. <laughs> he had a hard time believing it. And believe me, uh, it's it's one of those where I'm glad our fans did not see it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you missed four uh, four front end of one and ones, and, and that was correct me if I'm wrong, but that was back in the day where 
everything was one and one, right? Uh, besides two shot fouls. But besides yeah, yeah, the two no shot fouls, yeah. yeah you're, you're right. You're right. Yes. So you get to overtime. You you do hang on. You uh, outscore them 10 to 5 in the overtime. And Fike has 31 and 19 in this game. And you win 66 61. And you had to be breathing a, a sigh of relief. But uh, also knowing that uh, that old foe, uh, Joe Staley and company, would be, <laughs> would be waiting. Yeah, exactly. And Joe and I by then were, uh, were good friends. Uh, uh, we had uh, uh, seen each other at clinics and all that. And we had spoken quite a bit. And, and as you know, as you said, uh, they had a great basketball program and they were just coming through some great basketball players at that time. And uh, uh, Joe uh, was certainly was a great, great coach. And you know that, uh, uh, you know, from the game from two years prior, that Joe, you know, it, it you know, it, he wanted to get this one. And, and, and obviously, you want to win a state championship. And, uh, again, uh, I thought it was a close game. It was a well-played game. And certainly our kids made the plays that pulled it out at the very end. But I don't know if it was ever more than a six- or eight-point difference that I can think of um, in that basketball game. It was tight the entire way. Well, unlike, uh, unlike your opponent the last time, uh, Chaminade Julian had a, a – a very tough game in the semis um, where they uh, came from behind uh, to beat a very good Columbus Briggs team, uh, which had uh, Tony Rice, who is now the the head coach at Briggs. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, CJ, you guys match up with CJ. Um, According to this, you you had an eight point lead, uh, let it slip to one. Uh, but uh, Matt Schuler, who we mentioned earlier, uh, ended this, sealed this game with a couple of free throws uh, for the 57-55 win. Uh, but but Schuler, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, he he was more of like one of your your defensive uh, stoppers, and I believe he was assigned Chris McGuire in this game. Right, exactly. Um, uh, a good score, but certainly he was a defensive player, very athletic. Uh, player and in the closing seconds of that basketball game when we're taking the ball out of bounds up to uh, Matt's the one that that made the play to come to the basketball received the basketball and instantly got fouled um, and then went to the free throw line and knocked down two to give us a four-point lead uh, where they were able just to make a bucket at the at the very end as the clock winded down to zero so two big free throws by him but uh, you're right. If we probably could have done it all over again, there might have been one or two other guys we would have liked to have gotten the ball at that time. But, you know, Matt was a clutch player, and he, he made the free throws. And I do remember in the timeout prior to that, he was very, very confident the entire the entire time. Uh, Fike ends up with 16 points, 13 rebounds uh, in that championship game, finishing with 47 points, uh, and 32 rebounds in the state tournament. He was only a junior that year. Uh, Chris McGuire did end up with 16. Uh, another guy that uh, some of my listeners are probably familiar with, Darnell Hoskins was on this team. He's now right. the head, head coach at uh, Middletown. Uh, Eric Wills was another good player on this CJ team. But you guys uh, were able to uh, bring another state championship back to Lexington for the Minutemen. Uh, how, how was this one different than the first one well i think now the community's starting to think well hey 
you know, Fike's only a junior. I think we played, started maybe uh, three juniors that year. Uh, hey, let's, uh, you know, we got a state championship. This is great. Let's uh, let's just keep coming back and uh, and winning state uh, state tournaments. I think they understood. I know our players understood how hard work it is, uh, the sacrifice you have to make. Uh, but I think also there were some people that just thought, hey, this is – it can't be that difficult. I mean, look, they, they've done it twice. And this second time, the expectations weren't nearly as high outside the basketball program. Um, and they still were able to win the championship. But obviously, it's still a great feeling. Uh, you know, they have that law of diminishing returns. But that, that doesn't mean anything when it comes to winning state tournaments. All of them are very, very important. And Jamie Fike um, recently w- was quoted as saying, and you did an awful lot for this when, when he was a when, when he was a kid. Uh, but if you don't know, Jamie played for Judd Heathcote, Tom Izzo, Greg Popovich uh, in the NBA. But he yeah. said that uh, he wasn't sure that if he he ever played for a better coach than you. Well, that, I mean that's high praise. That is very high praise, and he's such a great kid. And uh, um, you know, I you know he's played for some great ones, but. Uh, uh, to me, that just means he knows where he came from. Obviously, he's very loyal to uh, the Lexington area and the community as he's come back and not just coached here, but uh, uh, being a young man and still being able to retire with an, an NBA pension, he's uh, raising his family right here. So, you know, just 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 a great, great kid. So, Bias, you're right. It does mean a great deal to me. So you guys catch a bad break. Um, yes. the following year, uh, in, in Fike's senior year, you guys get bumped up, uh, to division one. And I don't have to tell you, um, what a huge difference maker that is. And, it, and it's not that, it's not that maybe you didn't have a really good team. It's just the, the depth of quality teams in division one. When you, when you have schools that size, um, I mean, and I try to tell people this all the time. You, you'll see teams uh, up here in the Ohio Capital Conference in Columbus, and they might be, um, you know, 10 and 12, and they're a really good team. Uh, everybody's got good players in Division right. One, Right. So, But well, you guys do make a district that year. It wasn't like it was, a, it was a lost season or something. You guys end up making the district final that year. Well, no question. And, and what a lot of people – remember is is Jamie Fike and and his size and uh, strength inside and that certainly was a key and what we saw so much that season is teams would come out and 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 play us zone because they were afraid of Jamie well we had some other guys that could stand and shoot the basketball and and still we had ways to get Jamie the basketball and then we would build a lead they would go man to man and then pressure would hurt us and certainly when it came to the uh, uh, D1 tournament uh, pressure on the basketball uh, was, was something we were just not good at that year. Um, if you were going to play zone, play back a little bit, we could play with you. But uh, when you started to pressure us, we, and that would cause some turnovers, and that pushed our whole offense out too much, uh, too far for us to uh, really be successful. Now, I'm just guessing here. Did you guys lose to Lima Senior that year? No, we lost no. to Finley. Okay. Um, we lost to Finley in the tournament and who the next night lost to Lima or two nights later, lost to Lima senior. Uh, that was the year that, uh, they went Greg Simpson and Lyles took him to the finals. Yeah, great, great Lima senior team. Oh, it was. You guys, uh, 
you were mentioning that uh, that Lima senior team was was very very good with Lyles and Simpson. Right, and they, uh, uh, I believe, they ended up playing Lakota, a fellow conference team for them in the uh, state finals. Uh, so it was a heck of a district. Correctly, us Finley, uh, Mansfield senior, and uh, who was a very good basketball team, had beaten us during the regular season, if I remember correctly, and uh, of course, Lima senior. So following the uh, the ninety two season, um, Fike uh, collects his diploma and, and heads off uh, to college, and uh, you collect your diploma at Lexington as well. Uh, what went into the decision to, uh, to to leave Lexington? Well, at that it was a tough, tough decision. Um, obviously, there was some burnout. Uh, you know, it's 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 not easy coaching. Um, when you have such long tournament runs and, and, and trying to, to be a good basketball program, and it takes 12 months a year to do that. But also I become very, very close with, with Jamie. and He was heading up to Michigan State, uh, didn't have family really to, to support him up there, and we wanted to take advantage and uh, go up and see Jamie as much as we could, see as many basketball games as we could. And Tom Izzo was – so gracious and letting me stay at his house and spend time up there and watch practices. And I took advantage of that. And those four years that Jamie was there, I took advantage and, and went up and watched him and spent some time with him and had a great, great time doing it. So some time goes by uh, and Jamie has a great career there. And uh, did you start getting the itch again uh, to get back into it? No question. You know, my kids were getting a little bit older at that time. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed teaching. I still had, oh, I don't know, 15 years left, maybe 20 years, 15 years left of teaching. And I just couldn't see myself doing that without also coaching. Uh, our family loved the area, so I didn't want to really leave the area here. But uh, if something in this area opened up that uh, was a pretty good uh, opportunity for me, then I was going to take advantage of it. Well, not not only did, did something open up, but uh, really uh, the centerpiece program there uh, in that Mansfield area, Mansfield Senior. Um, Coach, when when did you hear about this? And, and uh, you know, what was your, your initial interest? Well, I think throughout the season, we – you know, maybe they were underachieving a little bit for, for some people's sake. And you heard rumors that the job might open up. And, you know, I thought about it a little bit at that time. But, you know, when the basketball season was over and it did open up, there was no question in my mind that this is exactly what I wanted. I could stay in right where I am right now. Uh, if a teaching position would open up at Mansfield, I could just, instead of driving right out of my driveway, turn left be there in a couple of minutes uh, and have a chance to uh, uh, to coach some some good basketball players, some good kids. Uh, but also from my standpoint, it was a chance for, you know, a different challenge. And we're all looking for challenges. And this was one for me at the time. So you end up getting the, the job at Mansfield Senior uh, starting in the 96 96- 97 season uh you would spend uh, 12 seasons there at, at mansfield senior uh never winning less than 15 games six times you were undefeated in conference play 
uh, and you took two teams to the uh, state tournament. Uh, you also won 20 or more games six times in those 12 seasons. So not only did you win at Mansfield Senior, you won big. You won 83% of your games there. Well, and I came through really at a time where we had some very good basketball players. We're talking about kids that were being recruited, uh, at, you know, at Pitt, uh, kids that were all, um, you know, eventually becoming uh, Hall of Fame players at Moorhead State University. Uh, just some very good basketball players. And again, just like I did with my better teams at Lexington, uh, we were able to develop some very good role players that knew their role, accepted their role, and, and played within it. And it helped those really good skilled players become even better themselves. So it doesn't take you too longer uh, before you, you, you end up winning 15 in year one and 18 in year two. Uh, and then year three, uh, you're back in Columbus this time. Uh, you're at the Schottenstein Center. Uh, your first year in the state tournament with Mansfield Senior, 1999, is the first year the state was held in the Schottenstein Center. So you got to experience both places. Right. Um, and you get into a semifinal game with, uh, and I don't want to say an upstart Molar team, but uh, they were really, uh, before this, were really, you know, if you heard the term Molar, right. uh, you thought football. Yes. Um, and Carl had some good teams at Molar prior to this, but uh, this was really their uh, kind of coming out party of sorts. Uh, in 99 where they would put the stamp on the program, but um, they would have to go through you to do it. And it wasn't easy. Uh, you outscored them 16 to seven in the third. Uh, they ended up beating you 49, 43. But when I'm looking at this game, uh, six to 17 at the free throw line for you guys uh, was um, a, a tough night. It was a tough night. It was a tough week. And I certainly don't want to make any excuses uh, because Carl had a, a, an outstanding Moeller basketball team. I remember the Monterey kid who was going to Notre Dame. Sullivan, who ended up being a key player at Ohio State. Um, but it was a team that as we watched film through the week and we prepared for, we thought we could certainly play with them, that this is a team that we could beat. The night before the state semifinal game, um, arguably our best player, our 1,000-point scorer, Marquis Sykes, who ended up going to Moorhead State, who is presently the head basketball coach at Mansfield Senior. Marquise's mother, who was like a mother to our entire basketball team, she was just, without having a basketball club, she was like the president of our basketball club, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. She just rallied all the, 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 the people that uh, really wanted to support us and and helped our team throughout the whole year. Unfortunately for Eve, she suffered an aneurysm that night. She later passed away a few days later. The entire basketball program was at the hospital the entire night, supporting of Marquise, his brother Maurice, who played for us the year before, and Billy, the dad. It was a tough, tough weekend for all of us, especially for Marquise and we had our chances in the game. We were ahead in the fourth period. We were winning late. Um, not only did we miss free throws, as you mentioned, our free throw percentage for the game, but we 
create or we uh, uh, had some turnovers late in the game uh, that cost us. And I really think we emotionally just got drained there late in the fourth quarter. We did some silly things that that team normally did not do. And uh, Moeller was able to take advantage and make the plays late. I remember Sullivan hitting a, a big three uh, for them to take the lead on us late, and we just weren't able to respond from there. And uh, Moeller went on to, um, I guess you would say, upset Shaker Heights, uh, who was very highly touted that year right. in, in, the, in the state finals uh, to win Carl's first uh, state tournament with, uh, with Moeller. Uh, but that tournament run that year was interesting because uh, you, you needed overtime to get uh, past Fremont Ross in, in a very good district semis, 81-77. Uh, what do you remember about that night? Well, I know that uh, at, at that time, those years, Mark Gideon had some great teams at Fremont Ross, and it was a big rivalry between Fremont and, Fremont and us. And uh, I think their kids just played extremely well. I know that our kids played well. It was one of those things late in the game where as coaches we're looking at each other and saying, hey, you know, we're playing well. It's just a matter of who's going to make the plays late. And fortunately, our kids did make the plays late. Fremont Ross with one of the better um, team mascots, the, the, the <laughs> little, little Giants. Exactly. Uh, also the home of uh, Charles Woodson. Yeah. Um, Rob Lytle. Rob Lytle, yep. Uh, so you guys uh, get by Ross uh, in, in a tough game in, in the uh, regional. Uh, you beat Brunswick 67-41 and St. Ignatius uh, 63-46. Uh, and then eventually the season comes to an end uh, to Muller, but not without winning 22 games uh, to just four losses. And, and you would follow that up the next year with a 23-2 and uh, Mark and lose one step uh, from the state tournament. You lost in a regional final to a, a very good Toledo Libby team, seventy-four to fifty-two. And that's also the team we lost to during the regular season. Uh, we played Libby every year, and uh, we played them during the regular season. Got beat by them, but uh, I'll tell you, we got beat uh, soundly. Certainly, they outplayed us at the uh, University of Toledo. Uh, that night but I remember going into that game our kids were confident we felt we could play with them uh, it was a whole new crew from the year before we were a senior dominated team the year before but it was a very talented basketball team but that night Toledo Libby was just too much for us they were ranked number one in the state at that time for a reason and uh, they they really took it to us now I don't know if they still have this concern or if this still happens, but at that time, those Toledo schools would play six, seven games a year at UT, uh, regular season games. Right. Uh, it's a little bit different for us, and I don't know if that caused them to shoot better than, than we did, but they certainly outplayed us that night. I remember, um, you know, thinking, and I don't know if it was you that would bring them down, but uh, – I used to go to the Wheeling Shootout quite frequently yes. down on the uh, in there in West Virginia, and right. you, got, you guys would be down there, and you know your teams were just—I uh, mean—and they they used to get some really good teams. They did uh, in that shootout, you know, before the the college thing has really 
you know, taking over uh, right. summer shootouts and things like that. But uh, your teams were always phenomenal down there. And I tell you, we enjoyed that. It was a chance to go down and see teams from different areas. And uh, it was funny you mentioned that because just recently I was talking to somebody about that and, uh, you know, wondering why more teams don't go down to the wheeling shootout. I don't know how it's going right now, but that was very, very competitive. And I really loved the way that you, you, they had that set up where it was a tournament format. You know, you win, you go to the winner's bracket, you lose, you just go down to the loser's bracket. You play one through, I don't know how many teams there were, 16, whatever it might be, but very, very competitive games. We really enjoyed that. Yeah, you know, I think uh, when you don't have, you know, a Division two or a high-level Division or a Division one or a high-level Division two kid, uh, a lot of those the high schools are going to, um, you know, whether it be Dayton's team camp or Northern Kentucky, right. so their kid can be seen and – you look at something like the wheeling shootout and it's like, it's a great event. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people don't know about it, but it doesn't in today's game is all about the exposure. And right. that's the one thing that it lacks is that, that the eyes of the college coaches on, on the event, but nonetheless, it's still going. And, uh, you know, I, just, but I just remembered your teams coming down to that and just, you know, always being in the mix, uh, playing, oh. playing on Sunday in that final four. Oh, that was that was so much fun. That every game was competitive. That was great, great, uh, great, great tournament. So you guys uh, end up with another twenty-one season there in two thousand two, uh, where you'd run into a team that uh, you were from would become familiar with. Uh, you lose in the regional semis to Toledo St. John's, uh, seventy to sixty. Uh, Toledo St. John's always, especially in that time frame, always mm-hmm. very, very good. Right. And again, it, uh, they were a good basketball team and uh, they probably were a better basketball team than, than, than we were. Uh, but it was an opportunity for them to play on that court for their seventh or eighth time and for us to come in for our second time since we played there maybe in the regional semifinal. And, you know, that's just that's just different. Um, but they were a very good basketball team and very disciplined basketball team. And, and I think their discipline really was the difference in the, in the basketball game. Now coach right about somewhere about this time, were you coaching some like international stuff? Yeah. I, uh, somewhere around there, I was coaching uh, team Ohio. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Bobby Courtson. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Bobby Courtson uh, put together a, a team to travel over to uh, to Europe and play, and uh, uh, he asked me if I would coach the team, and boy, I jumped on it. I mean, hey, free trip for everybody. It was a great time, and we had some kids like, well, LeBron played for us, Chris Quinn. I mean, it was just a who's who of players that Bobby put together, and it was just so much fun to uh, spend time with those guys and to to travel over to Europe on somebody else's dime. Can't beat that. No, you can't. You can't. And fortunately, we were successful. I mean, how could you not be with that group uh, that I was able to do it for, uh, I don't know, three or four more years after that. So that made a nice time. So you guys, uh, back at Mansfield Senior, uh, you returned to the Schottensteed Center in uh, in 2005. you rolled in, uh, I think, with a twenty-four and one record, and uh, you uh, you were coach of the year that year. Um, 
and you your uh, your gift for that was getting uh, Camp McKinley <laughs> in, in the state semifinals, who would be on their first of a uh, of a back to back, a great great McKinley team um, that you played very tough. Uh, ends up seventy three sixty one. There were seventeen thousand six thirty eight uh, at the game. Uh, but again, the, the free throw line was was a problem. You were fourteen of twenty four from the free throw line that night. Uh, this was a team that was uh, led by third team All Ohio and John Avery. Um, what do you remember about that game with McKinley, other than them being very very good? Well, it was a team that we were very familiar with. Dave Hoover, the coach of Cam McKinley, and I are very good friends, and we would uh, scrimmage each other during the summer. We would scrimmage each other prior to the season. Uh, I think our players knew them. Their players knew us. Uh, our players knew how good they were. Um, we knew going into that basketball game that we had to play really, really well. Uh, and we played okay. Um, they are just a talented, talented team. And uh, well-coached team, obviously. And You know, I... I don't know if in the fourth quarter we were ever able to get below 10 points. I know we were always struggling just to score. Uh, they were such a good defensive team that it just was a challenge to get a good look at the basket for us. So you guys, uh, you, you get to the state tournament that year. You beat uh, Cleveland St. Ed 76-55, but the regional final was, was, was tight. Um against Solon, 53-52. Um, I'm assuming uh, Lauderdale was probably a sophomore on that team. Sophomore, sophomore junior. junior. I don't know. He wasn't a senior. Right. You're right. And you guys end up winning that game by a point um, to get to the state. Uh, but another, I mean, 24-2, another great year. Uh, Mansfield senior at this time is definitely – uh, on the map and in the conversation when you're talking top D1 teams in Ohio. Uh, and you followed that up with a 22-2 and two the next year. Uh, you would lose to uh, Toledo-St. John's again uh, in the regional semis, 74-65. And then in 2007, you win 20 games again, uh, and you lose to Finley uh, in the district final. But just a you know, like I said, six out of the 12 seasons at Mansfield, you win uh, 20 or more games, which is just uh, incredible to do, uh, especially at the Division One level. Well, it is. But, uh, again, once you start getting some good players, hardworking players come through, other kids below, they understand what it takes. They want to be in that situation. So – you know, I really have to give so much credit to that first group of that they got us down to Columbus. Uh, that first group, uh, how hard they played, how well they prepared, uh, how much time they put in in the off season. Uh, that we just had a run of kids that just wanted to be successful. It came to some games where our players didn't even talk about it in the regular season. They just expected to win. Just. They just expected to go out and be successful. And that was such a joy to coach those kids. What will you, uh, what will you remember most about your time at, at Mansfield Senior? Because it was, like I said, ultra successful. Well, I, you know, I, I can say that as a coaching staff, 
Uh, we had a great coaching staff, people like Marquis Sykes, who ended up playing for me early on, went on to college, coached in college, would come back and, and, and coach with me there. Uh, the coaching staff was was so good to be around, so much fun to be around. Uh, and then, of course, I'll remember the players, the, the sacrifice that they would make. You know, obviously we have our struggles like every school system has. Uh, but when it came to basketball, our kids wanted to be successful. They're willing to pay the price. They're willing to put in the time, as I said. And I'm just so thankful that, that to be able to go through a time where the kids really loved to play basketball and, and, and wanted to be good. Coach, do you see, uh, do you see Mansfield uh, senior resurging here uh, in the future? Well, you know, they're now down to Division right. Two. Um, which I think can give them some success. I think they have a very good coaching staff, Marquis Sykes being the head coach. Um, the school has lost some numbers, uh, so that's made, made a difference. Uh, I think they'll have some years. Right now, I think they're going to be quite good. I mean, geez, they've been challenging for the conference championship the last couple of years. They've won a couple of games in the tournament. I don't know if they have a group coming through that's really going to have a big big tournament run i don't know enough about it but again they just don't have a group that has shown what it takes i don't know if these kids really understand i mean they can listen to the coach but it's always easier if if the players somewhat run the team uh show you what kind of effort it takes, what kind of time commitment it takes. I'm not sure if that's there right now. I don't know. Yeah, it would be uh, be interesting to see what they can do moving forward if, if they stay in Division II. Um, so following your time at Mansfield Senior, you, you go into the college ranks um, and, yep. and spent some time at Ashland. Oh, and had a great time. John Ellenwood, who's still the coach there, was just outstanding to me. And, you know, being around those young kids, again, I'm getting a little bit older at that time. Uh, John Ellenwood was a young buck who just happened to play at the College of Wooster when one of my players at Mansfield Senior, Antoine Reynolds, played at Wooster. And uh, John knew of me through Antoine. Uh, so, you know, he said, boy, I'd love to have you on the staff. And, you know, we, we got together and it was just, he was just great to me. It was a lot of fun being around the young kids, a lot of fun to see how they do things. And Ashland University is such a great school anyway. I just had a great time there. And, and John is doing a, is a super job there. Um, they yes, are definitely is. on the rise uh, along with the, the ultra successful women's program there, Ashland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Coach, what are, you, what are you doing now? Well, you know, I, my wife is still teaching. Okay. Um, I'm kind of retired and, you know, kind of just piddle around. I uh, did a uh, half triathlon a couple of years ago. Just, again, you need to find some other challenges. And I wanted to do an Ironman, so I prepared for it and did it. Uh, since then, I've gotten into a lot of road biking. So I do that whenever the weather is nice, just get out with a couple of buddies and we just ride for 50, 60 miles, and have a good time. And from there, it's just really piddling around. 
nothing, nothing big. I can tell you that. Are you nothing earth? Are you still following the 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 high school game at all? Well, it, I'll watch it on TV. Some local games. I still, and I know it's all me. I still have a difficult time going to Lex games, so I haven't been to a Lex game in years. Um. I've been to one senior high game, even though they invite me back. And that was just to see a friend of mine, Jamie Collins, who coaches down in right. Dublin. Uh, they came up and played senior high this year. So I went to see Jamie and, and uh, see the team play. And, uh, but besides that, watch them on TV, talk to the coaches a little bit. Uh, I have some uh, people in the area that uh, played for me or coach for me. So, you know, I just try to send them encouraging words whenever I can. and I know how difficult their jobs are. Now, Coach, you know i got to ask, is there any chance of a return? No, not at my age. I, You know, every so often I'll have somebody call and say, <laughs> hey, are you interested in uh, talking about our job? And my reply is always the same. I, I would have to take a nap halfway through practice probably, so <laughs> – yeah, the, I don't think that's possible. The funny thing is, the last, the last uh, coach I was talking to was uh, Dan Hagemeyer. Uh, right. And Dan, uh, Dan is coming back uh, to St. Mary's, right. and uh, he said that uh, his brother or his wife might have to wake him up at some point during the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know that that's um, interesting you know your your career from lexington to mansfield senior and uh, the cool thing is is the last couple of years uh, your teams uh, have been honored uh, the 25th anniversary of the uh, what was that the the 91 team State. in 2016 right. and then this past year incredibly uh, 30 years have passed since that 89 team uh, so it was really cool the last few years to to see uh, some of the guys return and, and get honored uh, down at the uh, the Schottenstein Center. You know, that is so neat what Jerry uh, Snodgrass is doing. That's It's so big. And, you know, I tell you, it's just hard for me to believe it's been 30 years. Uh, it's hard for me to believe when these guys I coached are, you know, 48, 50 years old. And, you know, <laughs> that's it's difficult. Time flies, let me tell you. Enjoy it while you're young. Well, Coach, man, we, we uh, appreciate uh, – catching up with you and uh you know hopefully uh hopefully you you continue on with the iron man stuff and you know maybe we'll uh maybe we'll cross paths at some point i hope so kurt i really enjoyed this i appreciate it uh anytime we can talk about uh past year some great players some great kids it's it's, it's always a lot of fun for me but i've enjoyed your work and uh, i'll certainly be keep following well you. thanks coach we appreciate it Talk okay. to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.